Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome back to Aging Fearlessly. I have today with me one of the most colourful people I know, colourful in personality, colourful in style and presentation. Welcome, Annie Sophia. Oh, hello, Karen. It's wonderful to be here. You've been on my program before and we agreed that there's so much more to talk about when it comes to our appearance and our personal presence that we talked about recently. And today... The theme is colour your life. It's a wonderful topic and, and that's, that's the thing. Colour is life and life is colour. We open our eyes in the morning and the first thing we see is light and light is colour. Isaac Newton held the prism up to um, the light beam and the colours of the rainbow appeared so white reflects all the colours and then we close our eyes at night and darkness comes over us, which absorbs the light. I Look, I, I love how you say we open our eyes in the morning because some of us struggle to open our eyes in the morning depending <laughs> yes. on the day we've had before and how late we were burning the candle the night before. But you're so right. It is, it is such a beautiful thing and I think... I think we need to understand that the vast majority of information we process from the outside world is visual and everything we see is coloured. We communicate uh, through colour, we we communicate visually and everything we see is light and colour and everything we do in life has colour associated with it whether we realize it or not well you know Annie that I am a lover of color you see me in the morning and I have a very very bright cosy and it just makes me feel good when I put it on well that's it there's such an opportunity to self-express through color and the thing is the single most um, single factor Um, is with fashion that colour gives a garment, you a personality, and it impacts visually, not only within yourself but with others. It's an emotional connection. And our minds, this is all in our minds though, it's an interpretation, it's perception, and it provokes feelings and emotions and it affects our mood, it affects us physically, And I don't think a lot of people realise the importance of colour when they see people wearing colour and, in fact, how they choose to wear colour themselves. And as I'm sitting here watching you, your face is so passionate when you talk about colour. Like many of my guests, your passion, you are, you live what you are passionate about, which I really love. 
So what is colour? So that's a really good question. Well, I I believe it's, it is life, like we said. And um, basically, so the white uh, reflects all all the light and all the colour and black absorbs it. So um, why do some colours pop up in time um, with fashion, for example? Why is fuchsia, bright pink fuchsia, come and go, whereas something like navy seems to stand the test of time? Why is that? Is that because of the emotional reaction people have to it? Is fuchsia, for example, jarring? To some people, uh, is navy quite a um, nice sort of streamlined, um, easy on the eye, so therefore it is present in all of fashion and in life. So we all perceive colour very differently. Why? What does red mean to you, Karen? I absolutely love red. And what colour am I wearing today, Amy? <laughs> Red. And what do I have on my shoes? My my shoe colour is Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Patent red. leather red, pointy with a little bow. Yes, so cute. And I know people can't see us out there, but Annie and I agreed that she would wear a cobalt blue today, and I would wear red. So that's reversed on our last interview. Red to me makes my eyes pop. I, as I'm a baby boomer, and I find that. To bring out my best features and my blue eyes, I need colour. And that's so interesting. Um, There's so many facets to that answer. Red, for some people, um, ignites feelings of confidence and power, whereas in others it's aggression and anger. Um, And does that mean that when we wear red, if we choose to wear red, some people feel confident wearing it. I know when I do presentations to groups, I like to wear red because it makes me feel confident when I walk mm-hmm. into the room. Whereas people that see me wearing red, if their perception of red is aggression or dominant, you know, do they look to me, especially in first impressions when they first see me, and think, ooh, this girl's dominant, this girl's aggressive? And therefore, it takes me time to win them over. But that's all in their mind. That's all perception. But And the other thing is, where did red come from? You know, how did the colour be... How was the colour discovered? How was it even named red? Well, I'm going to stop you there. And we'll come back to that. Because the first song's called Red. <laughs> what a lead-in. We didn't even plan that. We so, did The first song is Red. Why did you choose it? Well, and it's funny because Karen and I both agree that red is our favourite colour. I chose red because this is a song that I listened to on repeat uh, when I was doing my creative endeavours, making accessories and experimenting with different mediums. Uh, That was about uh, five years ago. So I don't know, it's just got a really great um, memory and history for me regarding creativity. Well, cheers to Red. Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. I'm speaking with Annie Sophia and the theme today is Colour Your Life. Annie, we were speaking about where did Red come from? 
yes, exactly. Where did red come from? So it was a colour that was used to first dye cloth and we're talking um, like the 6th to 4th millennia BC. Uh, it's it's the history of red is and it's such a polarizing color mm. like we were saying aggression or lust or confidence. Um, they did a study recently and um, they see that um, if waitresses, for example, wear red, uh, their tips go up twenty six percent. Hear that, waitresses? Start wearing red. (laughs) And for example, you know, Virgin, Coca-Cola, even McDonald's. I mean, it's a risk um, choosing red as your logo and your brand because it is so polarising. But um, they've got brands that are confident and, you know, everyone knows about them. So maybe red has something to do with that subconsciously. Um, And then look at pink. I mean, pink is... Pink is faded red, essentially. I do like pink. I don't wear it as often as red, but I do like it. And it's interesting because pink was actually uh, a powerful uh, masculine colour. Really? Yes. And blue was more feminine and subtle and delicate colour. Get out of here. And the interesting thing is, is that the idea of giving different colours, colours to diff, like the sex of a baby, a boy and a girl, is actually very, very recent. It's the turn of the century. Is that right? It is. And the interesting thing is, when it all came about, pink was actually associated to boy babies because of that power and masculine um, concept of it and vice versa blue and girl. But it was only in last century, in the mid-last century, that it switched. And that was purely from an advertising and marketing point of view. Are we talking the 1800s or the 1900s? 1900s. 1900s. That recent. Wow. Yes. And now look at it. I mean, men are fearful of wearing pink. Oh, but I love a man in a pink shirt. Exactly. Men, (laughs) take notice. Those pink shirts on some men, that nice – I'm not talking a bright pink. Mm. I'm a subtle pink. Exactly. I think just looks – makes them look so handsome. I completely agree. But again, like we spoke in the last program about men, you know, they don't want to be paid up by their mates. Um, They don't want to stand out wearing a pink shirt. But – Gosh, it, it's us ladies love it. Um, but yeah, that's the interesting thing about pink and, and blue. Um, the Virgin Mary is um, dawned in blue and that was only um, something in the 12th century. And the thing is, um, it was considered a colour of sadness and blue can be even now considered as, you know, um, feeling blue. I've got the blues. I've got the blues. But then on the other hand, blue is seen as a calming colour. They did a, um, a massive survey and um, it came about that blue is the most loved colour around the world in four different continents. And so therefore, blue is actually a colour that suits everyone. Um, it's, it's a colour that people resonate with. Um, but it's interesting, the history of it is actually quite a... Um, a passive, um, delicate um, colour that 
also had to do with mourning. And uh, I don't think companies realise it's probably the most used colour for branding. Um, I don't think companies realise the history of it, in fact. Well, possibly they don't. And, you know, there's so many lessons to be learned from colour. But how, how come I get a different reaction with certain colours? That's a great question. And that's the thing. It's all to do with mood and how our physiology memories. I mean, I know that I wore a maroon um, school uniform. Oh, yes. So I'm, I'm quite turned off by that only because I didn't really like school. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm surprised at that. I thought you would have been the top of the class. Oh, look, I was head girl, I must say. Um, I did work my constituents in year 11 just to... <laughs> oh, you would never do that. I can't believe I know, it. I know. That's why my grades went kaput. But um, the thing is, is we all have memories. It all evokes memories. So, for example, um, if you loved um, going to your grandma's home and um, being looked after your grandma after school, for example, and your grandma's uh, living room was painted pink or yellow... Perhaps yellow is a colour that you are drawn to that makes you feel happy. Um, there's other colours. I, I know with myself, I, I definitely dress for my mood. Um, for example, when I was going through a different difficult period in my life, all I did was wear black mm. um, because black to me signifies um, darkness, um, whereas someone else's um, idea of black could be sophistication and elegance. Um, when I went backpacking for four months in Southeast Asia, I, on my own, and all I did was seek out colour. Um, my whole trip was seeking out um, markets and villages that had a love of colour. Uh, I went to this uh, market on the border of China when I was in Vietnam and I took 72 hours to get their motorbikes um, dodgy. Were you, uh, were you riding the motorbike? Was someone doubling you? I was riding the motorbike. Oh, no. Um, and you even though I can't me. ride a motorbike. You surprised me. I don't think many people can over there, can they? Well, that's the problem. Don't tell their travel insurance. But uh, <laughs> but I that was the happiest day of my life, I can say, is this colour market um, on the border of China and um, just colour everywhere, um, trading cattle, the the outfits, the tribal outfits are all wearing. I actually bought a whole outfit, um, Ooh, a tribal have you still outfit. still got it? I do. It's in storage. I'm looking forward to bringing it out one day. But it was interesting because that trip, I was um, – it was after a difficult time in my life and I was going soul-searching basically and all I did was wear blue because blue to me is calming and I had a blue backpack, I had a blue iPad cover, I had it wore all blue. So this is all about communication through colour. Absolutely. Not necessarily thinking of someone else or other people in that sense, but it was more how it made me feel. I could not wear red for about 12 months after that, you know, difficult period because red was too aggressive. Now you're wearing electric blue today. There's a song called Electric Blue. <laughs> you are oh my God, too I funny. I absolutely love this song. This is, by the way, listeners, all the, all the songs today have colour. Yes, they all have colour in the title. And the reason I chose this song, two reasons. One, it was the first ever song. I was eight years old. It was the first ever 
pop song that I got into. Um, before that, it was a Little Mermaid and all the Disney, but this was my first ever pop song. Second, the film clip is hilarious. It's from the 80s. Just go and check it out. Let's enjoy this. Welcome back. You're listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. I have in the studio with me today the very colourful Annie Sophia, and we are talking about Colour Your Life. Annie, I wanted to ask you a question about some other colours, because we've talked a lot about red, Mm -hmm. we've talked about blue, and we've had a song, Electric Blue. Mm -hmm. The colour I want to mention now is purple. Purple is an interesting colour. Royalty may come up. Regalness, creativity, fantasy. Really? Definitely. Those fantasy movies and books, often you'll notice they use a lot of purple. and But also there's an arrogance around purple, perhaps. There's, there's a lot of different emotions that come up with purple. And I think, though, the main one that people visualise is royalty. And the thing is, where did that come about? Why is that so? You'll have to share that one. Well, to get the pigment of purple prior to synthetic um, dyeing methods that came into um, play in the 1850s is that billions, billions of shellfish used to be sacrificed to get the pigment of purple for clothing And also a slow-growing plant um, was also used. And this one, it took uh, decades for it to grow and be cultivated to then create the pigment of purple. So for these reasons, it was so hard to come by and very expensive. So Mm, only royalty royalty. could afford it. First of all, let's not let any of our bold and beautiful or ocean swimmers know about the shellfish because they're going to be a little bit annoyed. Well, that's the thing. And, that, and that's the thing. They, they were over-farmed and it completely went out of oblivion until synthetic dyeing techniques were discovered in the 1850s. And now purple, it, it, it's sort of everyone can wear it, um, but it does have that connotation of – Regalness. I can't wear purple. Oh, Karen. Oh, no, I can't wear purple. And it's interesting you say that and clients often say exactly the same thing about certain colours. Oh, no, I don't. Yellow especially. Oh, I can't wear yellow. Oh, Oh, older people, no yellow. See, this is where there is such a myth to debunk because there is a form of almost every colour that can be worn by an individual. Okay, so there is a purple that would suit me? Absolutely. And the thing is, it's about getting the right purple. It's about looking at the undertone. Are you more warm-based or are you more cool-based? So you have to look at your skin, eyes and hair. So we need to know whether your eyes have any golden um, little flecks in it. Mm. Or are your blue, your blue eyes quite you know, icy, oceany blue? Look at your skin. Do your veins look purple? 
or pink when you look at them, or are they more turquoise? Ooh, I'm so, looking at the veins. Sorry, listeners, that you can't see this, but I'm going to ask Annie. I'm going to video her one day doing my colours and put it up with this interview because it's fascinating. It is fascinating. It's such a perfect process, and and it all starts with your skin, eyes, and hair. And what colours really ignite that luminous clarity? regarding your skin, especially being the, the um, part of you that's covered the most of your body, what, what metals suit you? Um, what, what intensifiers are there that really bring out your eyes? You said about metals then. So I'm a rose gold wearer. I don't like yellow gold. White mm. gold or silver jewel, sterling silver just doesn't look good on me. Yes, and that's, and I wonder why, and I know why. And <laughs> ah, do you? Because you know that fashion era. Well, even now, there's so much um, sterling silver yes. or silver jewelry in the marketplace, and it, it's wonderful. And I wore it for a long time, but it did nothing for me. I knew it did nothing for me. And that's the interesting thing. There was that period in the 90s and um, 2000s where there was silver everywhere. And it was a shame in a sense because everyone was wearing it because of fashion. But I had a rose gold fob chain, <gasps> 40 grams of gold, Oof. all hallmarked and Albert Link. Mm. And... One of my friends picked it up for me in the UK for like 800 pound mm. and I wore that to death <gasps> at the time when sterling silver that's it was in 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 vogue and that's the interesting thing is it is it's all about what's in vogue and how does it become in vogue Trending, colour trending, forecasting is such a massive industry. Um, there's a, a lady in New York. Uh, she's the um, the most prolific uh, forecaster for colours. And she does it two, three years ahead. And this is purely for manufacturing and commercial purposes. Well, I suppose if we're deciding fashions way ahead of time, because of lead times. Yes. Yeah, I've not thought about colour, like, on the same lead times. Well, exactly. Uh, and the Pantone colour of the year, even interiors, painting, design, graphics, it all has to do with forecasting. Oh, really? Definitely. So, and that's the interesting thing. These things don't just suddenly, you know, when they're... Um, when they make available through media that, oh, this is the, the latest colour or you see in the stores all the colours coming out. This was decided two or three years ago. Uh, so that's what's interesting. And and the thing is with people is when I do draping colour um, consulting on um, women and men, draping the colours on them, it shows them what colours suit them. It's all, it'd be all well and good if I just say, oh, Karen, you're a warm base, you know, with muted tones. Um, that's not good enough. I could then give you your fan and send you on your way. It's about me demonstrating the colours. So draping the colours on you so for you to see, oh, actually purple does suit me, but it's it could possibly be a more sort of periwinkle hue rather than a lilac. Ah, um, Annie, I said before that I love greens. Yes. And I think that's wonderful because green is also a colour I come across with clients that say, oof, oh, I hate green. It's an interesting colour because there was such mixing problems with the artists um, centuries ago. It's a really hard pigment to mix. Um, so, And the thing is in 
our world, green is nature. Green is uh, forest and beautiful, lush, you know, new life. But it's also perceived as evil and really poison. This is, and the thing is, it comes about through the mixing pro- process and the pigments and the artist day. It was so hard to create green that it then has a negative connotation. Look at Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. He's costuming when an actor or when a character wears green, it's considered bad luck. Oh, I don't know enough about Shakespeare, obviously. Well, and that's the thing is that there's all these underlying elements. What? Where did the saying... Um, green with envy come from oh I love that saying you you must see me a lot on Facebook when people are traveling over say I go I'm green yes with envy I mean so there is connotations of selfishness and and money the green back I mean greed oh perhaps ah never I know, that's the thing. So therefore, when we consider fashion and style and what we wear, it all comes down to when we're in the shops or when we pick out colours in our wardrobe, it comes back to these little decisions. What does green mean to you? Does green actually mean envy and selfishness or does it mean new life and um, vitality? Well, we are going to have another song. I want to just tell you something that happened the other day. I got drawn into a shop by a stunning green and white dress. It was in the window. I walked in and I thought, oh, my goodness, I love that dress. Now, any colours draw me into shops. Yes. I picked up the price tag. It was $595. Bargain. Bargain. I I put down the price tag and went around the shop feeling like I could buy something in there, not. Anyway, colour is what I'm talking about is that colours will suck me in. Yes. And isn't that interesting that colour for you is there's such a vibration um, of energy with you and colour. There's something that draws you into the colour. And my mother will tell you that when I was young, in my teens and whatever, that I was very beige. I didn't want to stand out. I was very beige. That's so interesting. Beige has an image problem. I did have an image problem. I thought I was the scrawny, freckly redhead. Isn't it interesting? And I used to ask my mother, was I adopted? (gasps) Because the rest of them were dark. Wow. Mm. That's so interesting. Beige has an image problem. The colour, it's safe, but deeply dull. To most people. Well, I probably was deeply dull. <gasps> I couldn't imagine that for a second. Little Karen. Yes, little Karen was deeply dull. But the interesting thing is beige for you suits you. That's your colouring. So if I did a colour consultation and we draped white, pure white on you or beige, obviously the beige will suit you because of your warm undertones and overtones. Annie, there's a song, Yellow. Oh, there is a song, Yellow. It's by um, Coldplay. I saw Coldplay when I lived in London, um, oh, my goodness, 15 years ago. You were only 10. Oh, 12, 12. Uh, 
27. (laughs) Well, um, yes, it's, um, let's say, 27. Uh, I saw Coldplay when I lived in London live and this song is just, you know, the best. And it's colourful. Welcome back. You're listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. I'm speaking with Annie Sophia, and Annie is a colour expert and personal um, personal styling. Um, we talked about it last time that Annie was in. in. And today, um, I wanted to ask Annie another question about why people shy away from wearing colour, and they often reach for black. And Annie knows my favourite colour is black. Not. <laughs> Not. Please don't wear black, Karen. It definitely doesn't suit you and your colouring. You mentioned navy the other day and I'm much more of a navy person, truly. Exactly. And because Karen has that fairer skin, uh, black is too harsh for her. And that's the thing. Why do women especially reach for black? There's so many reasons. Um, Primarily, though, I believe it's a confidence thing. Um, Perhaps... Women wore a lot of colour um, growing up, um, experimented, uh, and then, you know, as time goes on, um, maybe have kids and perhaps losing themselves, um, concentrating all their energy on bringing up their children. And then when the kids leave home, for example, it's almost like, who am I? And how can I self-express myself? And there's a confidence thing. And what happens is that, as we were saying, mood dictates so many elements in our lives, including what we wear. And black is seen as safe. Black is seen as hiding away. Black is also seen as making oneself look thinner. And I have heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, that patterns help people make look thinner? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, Often the combination is if you're bottom heavy, then you wear black um, on the bottom and a printed top um, on top. And the thing is your eye is drawn to where the most colour is. Uh, It's a whole psychology, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. And that's the thing, vice versa. If you are bigger busted um, and have, you know, a little bit more weight on the upper half, you know, what colour should you wear on top? And perhaps you want the eye drawn to um, the bottom half. So there's so many different elements that you can utilise. Um, and to trick those that are looking trick. at you. Mm, That's it. It's a trick. It is trickery. And, and the thing is with black especially, it is a colour that um, I often – people when I do questionnaires it's one of their main reasons for engaging a personal stylist is their wanting and their needing of getting out of this rush of wearing black uh, and monochrome colors Um, and how is that done basically the thing is is that like you said about um, purple uh, purple doesn't suit me they believe that colour doesn't suit them or certain colours. So then the thing that they do is reach for a safe colour. But in fact, once they get their colours done and work out their unique colourway, then they can then have the confidence to go and Mm. choose colours when they go shopping. And that, that actually brings me to a question for you, Karen. And 
when did your love of colour come about? Because you just mentioned about, you know, beige and growing up. Well, I, I want to tell you a little story, first of all, because something just came to mind about when I was uh, around 16 or 17, there was this particular type of top that came into fashion and I wanted one and it, I wanted the beigey one and with the browns and a bit of maroon in it. And my mother said, no, it was too expensive. And we found one that was the same style in bright orange. And she made me buy that. Uh. And guess where that lived all its life? <gasps> it never got in onto my back. I hated it. But my passion for colour and for fashion, uh, when I was in my 40s, I was doing clothing shows for, oh no, I'll say the names, Vivian Collections and Ideals Collections. And I used to go into the homes of women and host, they would host and I would demonstrate clothing. And I just loved it. We'd all run around in our underwear and they all laugh about it to this day. They go, Karen, when you came in, it was like an underwear show because we'd all just strip down to our <laughs> underwear and you'd, we'd just try things and the bed would just mount up with piles of clothes and some women would put something on and say, what do you think? And i get it off, get it off. You can't wear that. I'm not letting you out here and I'm not letting you buy it. And then I realised a lot about colour. Mm. And although I've said to you I've never done or had my colours done, I realised how I loved colour and how mm. it made me look and feel. And things like reds made my eyes pop. So there's my little story of colour. Yeah, and that's interesting. And I'm eager to then know, do you think – by wearing colour that then brought out your inner confidence or was it perhaps um, something that you gained, confidence that you gained and then you felt confident to be able to wear colour? Was it was it the chicken or egg element? Hard to know if it was the chicken or egg, but as life's gone on and I've learned many things, you mm. know, about posture and how that makes me feel and my own personal presence mm. – you know, I'm not scared to wear colour. Mm. I'm not scared to wear... I had this other beautiful orange pantsuit and it was short cropped leg and this gorgeous jacket that I think I bought oh, for about $400 and mm. it had hot pink trim, orange mm. with a hot pink trim. I felt so good when I wore <gasps> that. And I, that garment, that outfit, I got more than $400 worth of wear because exactly. I wore it every other day. I just loved the feeling when I was in it. And it made me feel good. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's not, I mean, colour, I believe, is, um, and what we were saying before, is it's, um, it's more than any other um, factor. Like colour gives a garment, um, you know, its personality and the most impact through visual. And there's other elements like the cut of an outfit, the cut of the um, clothes, the fabrics, but colour is that thing that can make the most impact. And again, it's working out the exact colours for you. When I do colour consultations, it's I've had tears yeah. from women um, when you drape colours on them and just seeing their skin and their eyes just light up and they say, oh, my goodness, Annie, I had no idea I could wear this colour and finally I can get out of my dull, dreary, you know, monochromes. And it's more about – it's not – yes, that's an element to it, but it's more about confidence. They feel confident again to be able to go forth. Uh, perhaps they've had um, – you know, a divorce or separation, now they're ready to step into themselves and perhaps have the confidence to start dating again. 
color color can impact all of these things. It, yeah, and and you know I'm learning more about that mm. as we as we move on in or as I move on in my life. And Annie, we've only got ten more minutes, so I really want to get down to some of the nitty gritty here. Um, the for older women. Yes. And that's it. Yeah, older men and women. So um, as we get older, our colouring does change. Um, there's a few different reasons, but especially our skin does thicken. So we do, um, we have more of a muted undertone. Um, so uh, we need to consider that as well. Um, how can we bring out um, colour, how can we introduce it back in or how can we enhance it even more? If you're not used to wearing colour, um, why don't you start small? Why don't you, you know, for women, maybe um, don a lipstick? Or what about an accessory, a scarf? Absolutely. Accessories are the best way to introduce colour again. So what colour accessory did I wear with my red jacket today? You wore green, Ooh. which is perfect. And that's the thing that um, when you do colour Karen's colours, there's an element of the sort of warmth about her. So the scarf was quite um, slightly sort of... Um, olive Yeah, olive yeah, with like with elements of um, nature in it, I see. Yep. Um, whereas her jacket is really quite a cool base red. So there's a nice contrast there. The thing is with colours, you do have signature colours. You do have colours that actually bring out the best in you, um, probably about four or five. Um, they're the ones that you need to wear closest to your face. So, for example, there's enhancers and intensifiers. So with an enhancer, if you wear the opposite on the colour wheel, so if your eyes um, are blue, then the reds and the oranges will make your eyes pop. And that's why Karen's eyes are popping in front of me with a red jacket on. If your eyes are brown, you actually have such a wide range of colours. Purples and greens, though, look fantastic with brown. And especially if you do eyeshadow that has that sort mm. of purple hues. I often, um, being a makeup artist as well, I, I show clients the opportunities to be able to enhance their eyes through an eye pencil. For example, with Karen, she's got piercing blue eyes. If she wore like a beautiful bronzy gold eye pencil makes it pop even oh, more yeah absolutely Annie we have a just a chance for one more song and uh blue suede shoes oh it has to be Elvis Elvis actually passed away on my birthday oh um, so I feel that perhaps he's part of <laughs> royalty you know. is reincarnated in me <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go Elvis Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Aging Fearlessly. My guest is Annie Sophia, and Annie, you have a quote today that you chose. Oh, I adore this quote, and I have it um, in large writing in my studio. The purest and most thoughtful minds are those which love colour the most. And that's by John Ruskin um, in his book, The Stones of Venice, which is about um, Venetian art. 
And you just really – it's in your studio? You have it on the wall? Yeah, I do. I've got a, a beautiful colour book. I've actually got about 10 books on colour, um, which I devour um, over and over again. But that, that quote it just resonates me the, with me the most. Well, we haven't got much time yet left. God, yet. We haven't got much time left. I'll try that again. But how come some shops only have um, – the colours in season. Oh, and it is most frustrating. Um, you know, finding out the best colours to suit you, doing the draping, working out, hey, this is the actual shade and the undertone um, and the the intensity and the value of your exact colour. So you get, for example, with me, 65 colour chips of the exact colours that suit you. Thing is, you take this colour fan shopping and you cannot make match them up. So what happens then? Well, that's what's so frustrating. See, as I said before, that um, that forecasting, trend forecasting um, came into um, prevalence in the uh, mid-20th century. Um, and this was all due to manufacturing and commercial reasons. So now it's two or three years in advance. So what what you need to do is find out, A, the best brands uh, that suit you, not only in style but also in colours because there are certain brands that do have different colour palettes. They do not follow fashion. They follow style. Um, and so, therefore, you need to seek out those or get someone to help you. The other thing to do is get things tailored. So get things made, um, choosing the cloth yourself. It's a little bit more pricey, but Again, like your, um, was it your orange, orange and, and pink? pink. Yep. You can certainly, certainly get your money's worth um, because of the um, the workmanship on it. And then finally, there are opportunities for getting accessories with your colours. So you can always find the right colour palette, um, scarf or lipstick or for men, a tie or pocket square. Uh, so there's, there's a few different ways to be able to really ignite the best colours to suit you. So Annie... If someone wants to talk to you about this, how do they find you? Lovely. So my website is www.annysophia.com and I've also got a separate website for colour and that's www.confidenceincolour.com. Well, that's beautiful and thank you so much for coming and sharing your colourful world with us today. Oh, thank you, Karen. I've had such a colourful time with you. Always colourful with you. I have two little quotes here. Life is about using the whole box of crayons. Love it. And for the listeners today, don't be afraid to show off your true True colours. See you again. This is Karen Sander, ageing fearlessly. I have absolutely loved today with Annie Sophia. See you next time. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Ageing Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside There's a sparkle in your eye It's not all nine to five
It's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains high. Swim across oceans wide. Live out our dreams, just you and me. Let your heart be alive. There's no time to waste. Gotta go get the This treasure that you've got to find, baby. Don't be shy. Let's go and take that ride. Taste the sweet and the spice, everything nice. Let your heart be alive, baby. Just let your heart come alive, honey. Let your heart be alive. 